Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, And uh, let me know, those of you who have my contact information, what you think of the sound quality. We have, uh, we've reinvested into your listening pleasure and we are uh, trying some different sound equipment, some some better stuff to try to make sure that we're always doing, um, just always doing what we can to make it uh, better for all of you. And uh, we reinvest in the show that way, and we really appreciate We appreciate all the folks in, in chat. Folks, join us in chat if you're on a, a laptop or a home computer, if you're not driving. Uh, we Or you can do it on a phone, too, I think. I don't know, I don't know how all that stuff works. But um, I just uh, I really want you to know that uh, this, is a, this is a wild this is a wild chat room we have. It's it's very, very vibrant, and I love it. So it's a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of fun. So uh, thank you guys for the feedback. I really appreciate that. People are telling me it sounds louder and clearer. Uh, the last several weeks, some folks said, yeah, you know, you're clear, but uh, you're not very loud, and we really like uh, to have a little more volume. So uh, welcome to Right Side News. We're glad to have you. Thank you very, very much um, for joining us. And so many others, man. It's just an awesome bunch, awesome bunch of people. Let me tell you. So, it's fun. First time listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to have you. Hey, listen. The collision of faith and politics. This is the Ninja Pastor, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. I'm going to talk about Oregon and the Feds. I'm going to talk about uh, Obama and the gun control. And were you aware, by the way, that the federal government is at war right now with law-abiding, hard-working Americans? Were you aware that Oregon and and the uh, and the federal government is in what essentially is a an armed standoff right now? And I'll tell you what: there's so much you're not being told. You you cannot trust your government to tell you the truth. You you can't trust them. You really can't. And I look. I appreciate 
I appreciate that we want to trust our government. I appreciate the the notion of that. Uh, somebody um, we received, we had over 600,000 listeners last Monday, and I received, uh, I guess it's thousands of messages. i got to figure out how to do all that. But I know hundreds of them were, they wanted to know, was I an anarchist? And I'm not an anarchist. I'm a, I'm a big fan of good government. I'm a big fan of, of self-governance. And for me, you know, it, self-governance is, is the, it's the secret sauce. You know, it's the secret sauce. It's the thing that makes everything flow smoothly. You know, if, 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 we're all, if we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing, you know what I'm saying? If we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing, then government is just, it's, it's almost invisible. Ah, I love what Steve has to say. Welcome, my folks from Ohio. Uh, if you ask the devil, he will tell you how great he is. And that's the truth. So here's the thing. I'm not anti-government, not by any stretch. Heck, I've worked for the government in many different capacities, some clandestine, some otherwise, some uniformed. Um, I've, seen, I've seen how the sausage is made. I've been part of how the sausage is made. And you don't want to see how the sausage is made. But here we have, well, you know what? I'll tell you what else. You cannot, you cannot, you absolutely cannot rely upon the press to tell you the truth. It's not going to happen. They're not going to tell you. Look, I, 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 and I try not to do this. I really try not to do this. I try not to watch. Folks ask me, do I listen to, who do I listen to? And I don't have a Sirius XM. I'm hoping to get on. I'll just tell you the truth. I'm hoping to get on Sirius XM and be able to uh, make a living at this. But the truth of the matter is, is I don't, I don't have a subscription anymore to it. And I, I don't listen to it, obviously. If I don't have a subscription, you can't listen to it. But um, I don't listen to Rush, even though Rush uh, essentially would be, I think, my favorite. Mark Levin is a close second. But I don't listen to them because I'm, I'm, I don't have the capability to listen to them. I guess I could, could sit at the computer, and, and a lot of people ask me, um, do I listen to Glenn Beck? I know Glenn Beck, but I don't listen to his show on a regular. Sometimes my dear friend, Andrea Shea King, she'll, she'll text me and say, hey, you gotta you got to listen to Beck, so I'll go on uh, – I will go on – the computer, although now Fios, you know, they stripped me of the outdoor channel. And I'm telling you, I love the outdoor channel. 95% of the things I DVR, or what do we say? What do we say all the time? I tape, I tape this. You know, I tape this. Uh, but I guess now the modern folks uh, DVR, they say DVR. I DVR, or what was the other one? I um, There was another term, too. I can't remember what that other term is. Uh, TiVo. I TiVo that. Remember when TiVo came out? I never had it, so I don't, I don't know how it even works. I guess it's much like DVR, but isn't it incredible that we can do this? So there's no actual tape. We don't tape anything. But So uh, I guess I could do that, but I always forget that now Fios has uh, Glenn Beck, a lost outdoor channel, 95% of what I watched, and I gained Glenn Beck, but I don't actually watch him very much. I don't have anything against him. Yeah, I'm going to record that, somebody said. I'm going to record that. Isn't it funny though? It's it's like magic. It it is like magic. I I think it's incredible. You know, 
But the bottom line is, is I don't listen to them. Um, and it's not, I don't have anything against any of them. Uh, some folks in chat are, are mentioning uh, Michael Savage and Mark Levin. Um, I got to meet Mark Levin. I've actually been in his air quotes bunker. And I got to meet um, Rush Limbaugh. And I've actually been to his house. It's kind of his house is kind of mind, as one of my friends says, mind bottling. It's boggling. So anyway, uh, I've gotten to be at his house, and and uh, oh, thank you, Jerry from Pennsylvania. Inner iHeart Radio is free, and you can listen to Rush anytime. Well, you know what? I might download that. I might download that because that's something I can have on my uh, my phone, my my portable computer, my carry around device here. So. Well, anyway, so I guess the point of me telling you all that is just simply this. Um, those are great sources. Those are great sources. Uh, Mark Levin is, is probably one of the smarter guys on the planet. And if Mark Levin says, look, the, the gold standard is Rush Limbaugh, what are we going to do, by the way, when Rush decides to stop doing what he does? And, you know, I need to take a look at Right Side News and and see what that's all about. And and Right Size News is joining us today, and we're we're glad to have you. Um, I'll check that out. Actually, uh, send me uh, send me a link. Go to if you don't mind, go to my Facebook page, and send me a link to what you do, and uh, we'd be we'd be real happy to uh, to do that. It'd be awesome, 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 awesome. So political overload. Start listening. <laughs> you get political overload. Start listening more to. AFA.net. Okay, I got you. I got you. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'll try to copy that at the end of the show. I get kind of lost, but uh, that's uh, that's the thing. Anyway, so the point of all this is, as I uh, as I ramble on, yeah, you could <laughs> – somebody just text me. The thing that I look at pictures of kitties on, watch little videos of pictures of kitties on the Facebook, I'll put it out on Facebook too. So if you, if you go to my Facebook page uh, – Right Side News, if you go to my Facebook page and you friend me or follow me or whatever whatever it is you have to do, um, or send me a message, whatever, I will put it on my my whole reach. We'll put it up we'll put it across everything. Why not? So uh, we're in this we're in this fight together. So so my point of all, all this is there's two innocent ranchers. And, and let me go back to this. Look, the the press isn't gonna tell you the truth. You just need to know that. The press is not going to tell you the truth. That's not what they do. I, so, so anyway, how all this started is I actually um, I sucked it up and I listened to a little bit of, or I watched, I should say. That's what we do on TV. Uh, I watched Fox News. And I watched Gretchen Carlson, who, who I've met, and great lady, awesome, awesome human being, really a quality individual. And I watched... Um, I can't remember that other girl's name. She has, she's a ginger. She has red hair. And then the other guy who I really, really like, he's a West Point grad himself. His son is at West Point. Um, ah, that going it. He's a instrument rated jet pilot. Can't remember his name. I really, really like the guy. Very impressed with him. Anyway, they, he was sitting in for Bill Hemmer. And, uh, so this whole thing came up about what's going on in Oregon. And you can tell that they're not informed at all. They're not informed. They, they don't even know. So, look, they're news readers. They read things off a teleprompter. That's it. Well, it's not really a teleprompter. It's kind of a, it is a teleprompter, but it's different than what the president uses all the time. 
So two innocent ranchers, you, you know, the press isn't telling you this. Two innocent ranchers have spent time in prison already for doing what their families have done on that land for decades. Even before the Bureau of Land Management was a thing. And the ultra-liberal judge who's in the pocket of Hussein Obama decided the men hadn't served enough time at the end of their sentences, so he sentenced them to more prison time. Now, have you ever heard of that? Well, wait, 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 wait. You know what? I know you served your time. But you know what? I don't feel like you've met the minimum mandatory requirements for the Fed. Uh, and so you need to go back to prison. So that's where they're going this afternoon is they're going back to prison. It's not right. It's not right. So let me just say this. I, I better say this as a declaimer. Disclaimer. I don't hate judges either. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't hate judges either. I mean, there's some good judges out there. You want a good judge, elect Rick Green, my good friend Rick Green in Texas, to the Texas Supreme Court. You want a guy who knows the Constitution, teaches the Constitution better than I guarantee anybody else there, with the exception of Ted Cruz, who's already endorsed him. Rick Green in Texas, my Texas listeners, we have thousands of listeners in Texas. Get on it, man. Go to rickgreen.com. And get that guy elected. He he really is a super good friend of mine. Rick and Jerry from Pennsylvania are the reason I'm doing what I'm doing now. Instead of what I was doing. Which is amazing. Game changer. I'll have to tell you sometime about what happened. It was wild. Absolutely wild. So this ultra-liberal judge who's in the pocket of Hussein Obama decides the men hadn't served enough time at the end of their sentences. So he sentenced them to more prison time. So today, we're going to get to the bottom of this. I'm telling you, you guys are lucky. If you know Right Side News, this is your first time uh, tuning in. This is a great day to tune in because we have a very special guest, good friend of mine, someone who has, by the way, direct was there in the middle of it uh, at the uh, Bureau of Land Management standoff with the Bundy Ranch, off in Nevada. That this was this was this, I mean, he's right there, and has the video to prove it. Riots in Ferguson, Missouri. I'm telling you, the guy knows the deal. And if he's comfortable talking about Ferguson, we will. But if he's not, then we won't, and which is fine, you know, because you know, you'll see. There's a lot going on around that. But he's he's a self-governance expert like no other. I mean, seriously, he's the self uh, Center for Self-Governance co-founder. His name is Mark Herr, a good friend of the show. Uh, I'm going through the classes. I need to get on my homework. I've been crazy busy. So I haven't been able to uh, – I'm doing a conference this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so I won't – I'm guessing I won't be able to get to that because I'll be Mr. Busy for hours and hours and hours and hours. So I will not be able to get to my homework, but uh, i got to get on that because we have a class coming up. You know, We have, we have a class coming up in, in Delaware, I believe. So, uh, okay, so you have level two homework to finish uh, – you know, so so look, all of us are working on this. Some, a lot of our listeners have uh, been to at least one Center for Self Governance class, and and um, you know, my my other good friend, I actually have a few good friends. Uh, Bill Norton uh, wrote this really cool book, uh, and it's uh, photographically. You know, I'm into I'm barely brand new into photography. My good friend Chris Brock and Larry Brock are helping me with that uh, to learn and and others uh, really, really instrumental in that. Um, the Miracle of America, Birth of a Nation. Look that book up. I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's beautiful. 
I mean, it is a stunning, stunning book, and it has it's very short, very, very short, but it really is uh, something you'd want on your coffee table anyway. And no, he's not paying me for any of that. I don't, I don't, I do commercials for uh, Center for Self Governance, and then I don't ask for a dime from him. But look, so so if you're on a situ, if you're in a situation right now where you can uh, you can handle the politically incorrect truth, the not politically correct truth. Oh, oh, Michelle, Michelle, Michelle. Sorry, I've been calling it homework. It's not homework. I should know better. I'm doing level four. Uh, it's not homework. It's program requirements. It's program requirements. She's right. The great Michelle Perkins. She rocks. She is awesome. 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 You want you look. You want to get. I think she has four children, or maybe nine or twelve children. I don't know how many children she has, but I know she's got a pretty major boo boo, and she still gets all this stuff done, and it blows my mind. This this organization, the, the, you know, and and you're going to hear from Mark. Mark's been on the show. Uh, before, but I'm telling you, I'm just, I just want you to understand, these are top-notch human beings. I mean, these people who, they, they've laid it all on the line. They're mutually pledged. Oh, okay. Michelle only has four children. Only four children. You know, I'm the youngest of five. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Just kept getting better and better. Now, actually, my parents were trying to get it right, and they gave up after me. They're like, man, if can't do any better than this. <laughs> Break a leg is literal with those folks. Man, isn't that the truth? So if, this is the show for you if you want the politically incorrect truth, but it's the truth. Um, this is the show. So I put a link on uh, chat if you're a stationary and you want to send out a message. That short link I put at the very beginning of the chat cycle today, that is, um, that's the one. So if they click in, they'll be able to click in and listen. It'll take a couple minutes for them to catch up, but they'll be in good shape. But I want to. I, I first want to welcome, now I'm a veteran and um, and I, I have a very strong sensitivity to veterans. Uh, I want to welcome our veterans and our active duty audience listening all over the world. Uh, last night, you know, we do a Sunday show. We could do, we, we've essentially bought up two hours a day, seven days a week. But to tell you the truth, um, you know, I've, this has got to, for me to do more than what I'm doing now, it, it has to sustain me, uh, or at least the expenses that I'm I'm putting out. So, that's why we we do two shows, but as it as it grows and and all of that, then then we'll do more. But Sunday's show, Sundays with the Ninja Pastor, Sundays with Doctor Sean, uh, you can go back and listen to all this stuff for free. By the way, it's, it's it doesn't cost you a thing. So any of the archive shows, you can listen to us on um, what is that? The uh, iTunes, yeah, you can listen to us on iTunes. TheNinjaPastor dot com has plenty of links there. TheNinjaPastor dot com, you go there and listen to that. Uh, blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor all that stuff those are ways to listen so yesterday's show uh, was our first show uh, first message it's more of a church thing but it's kind of church a lot of people in chat have listened to, to the Sunday show for a while uh, the Sunday message for a while and it's it's more of a church but it's it's not like any other church that you really have been exposed to it's it's very very different they don't call me the ninja pastor for nothing. Listen to that great way to get your get your year started. So I want to also we have a very large active duty audience. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, the uh, tier one special operators, uh, you know your your seals, your your delta, your uh, rangers, your green berets, uh, you know all these guys, uh, and there's there's actually uh, several in the support group. 
uh, ladies who listen, literally deployed all over the world. We have uh, one of our dear friends, great friend of the show, that's overseas right now, deployed in the box. And uh, we we uh, can't wait for you to get home. It's going to be months, but we're we're praying for you. And, and look, we're still at war. You need to understand, folks, we're still at war. And I think anybody that listens to this show certainly knows that we are still at war. But I, I want you to know that uh, veterans and active duty audience all around the world, uh, I welcome you and I thank you for all you do. And as long as I'll be at this microphone, as long as we have a microphone to be behind, uh, I'll never, ever forget you. And I won't let my audience forget you, whether it's 10 people or 10 million people. So thank you for, for listening and taking the time. Also, thank you and welcome to our Gold Star families. We have a special affinity for the Gold Star families. Uh, if you look around your neighborhood, uh, those of you who don't live out in the country, which I, I wish like anything I was reporting to you from desolation, you know, uh, on a lake somewhere in the middle of woods that you have to really figure out. Uh, really, really, really figure out how to get there. Like you're scared to go through the woods, you know, that type of thing. That's, wh- that's where I want to live. And some of you I know that listen to the show, you live in those kind of places. So one of these days I'd love to come visit you and see how you do what you do. And uh, but, but I don't live there. I don't. That's right. Somebody in chat said, sounds like my place. Uh, I love that. That's my goal. That's my life dream to be able to fish and to grow food, good healthy food, uh, to catch rainwater, to uh, hunt, uh, to obtain my own protein. And that's that's really what I, that's my dream. That's my lifelong dream. I grew up like that. So, um, but I just, I want you to know that if you live in a community, you live near a Gold Star family. You just don't know it. You just don't know it. And those of you who um, who are listening, I, I want you to understand you you are a treasure. You are an absolute treasure, and I and I want you to understand that that I will not forget you. I won't give up. I won't give up. People need to understand what you're going through. Listen, I'll tell you what: Christmas and Thanksgiving and and uh, New Year's. You know those six families that lost their. Um, they're soldiers. I mean, that's, you know, right around Christmas is, is, is devastating. Super, super hard. Super hard. Also, I want to say, um, yeah, can we put Obama on the no-fly zone, by the way? I like that. Let's do that. Let's put him on the no-fly zone. That's a great idea, Jerry from Pennsylvania. Let's put Obama. Let's save ourselves tens of millions of dollars and put Obama on the no-fly list. That's a great idea. Man, oh, man, that's awesome. I have a Gold Star family member uh, messaging me right now. says, uh, we have tears in our eyes. We thank you that every week you remember us. We believe you that you'll never forget. So many have. Well, I won't. And I know my audience won't either. Hey, listen, you who have been waging hope for Chris Kahalen and his family, I, I want you to know that Chris is home. He's on a feeding tube. That we we kind of hoped that he wouldn't be on a feeding tube, but he is. But he's alive, and he's working hard to be well. And you've been waging hope for Chris. He has uh, pancreas cancer. He had the Whipple procedure. Uh, we're praying that his intestines wake up. And they start working and, and all of that, so that makes it easier on them. But, so don't stop. Just because he's home, don't stop praying. Your prayers, 
have been amazing, by the way, and it means a lot. Oh, I got to give props, Joe from Pennsylvania, not Jerry from Pennsylvania, Joe from you were real. Yeah, he can fly low level over the Middle East in circles. Turn the electric off. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. From a rope under an Apache. Love it. You guys are very creative. Very creative. I'm a creative audience. So listen, I I uh I w- I'm I'm thankful that you guys have been waging hope and praying for Chris Cahalan and his family. Please don't stop doing that. Those of you who have been pl- praying for a man named Joe, that's about all I'm going to say about that man named Joe. He was critically injured in a motorcycle crash over the holiday, and he's on his fourth. I want to say his fourth or fifth of several surgeries. He's still got more surgeries to come. Uh, I don't believe he's woken up yet. Um, he's in terrible, terrible pain. They have him on, you know, real powerful drugs. And these surgeries are to keep him alive, put him back, put his parts back where they belong. He was really, really seriously, seriously injured, critically injured. But uh, we're praying that, that this, you know, down the road that he looks back on this. Like my crash, my crash was a, a fatal car crash, and, and I was almost killed in it. And um, I'll never forget. I mean, I have brain damage. <laughs> tell me something I don't know, right? Uh, oh, yeah, Sean, we could tell you had brain damage. Well, you don't have to say that twice. Uh, but uh, anyway, the point of all this is is that you look back on an event like that and you don't forget. You don't forget. And sometimes maybe you want to forget. You know, you want to just not remember that. I go by the crash site, by the way, probably almost once a day, at least two, two or three times a week. And it is weird. And sometimes I'm on the phone with friends or family and I say, um, oh, driving by the crash site. And I always think of the, the boy that was killed and... and um, I was hit uh, 92 miles per hour. The other vehicle was going 92 miles per hour, 48 feet across a raised concrete median. Hit me head on. I was going 51. I went from 51 miles per hour to zero. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty intense. It was it was a long day. It took three years for that day. So, um, But let's keep praying for Joe, a man named Joe. And those of you who have donated to uh, this ministry at the ninjapastor.com, there's a donate page there, little thing written down. Um, I really appreciate you doing that, and it means a lot. And as you can tell, you know, we put, put everything goes back into buying time, and also for making sure that you know we deliver the best quality that we can. Hey, listen, you, you need to also understand um, this is not typically a guest driven show it's it's not typically a guest driven show but it, we do have guests periodically and people ask me all the time because i know a lot of famous people and i know people who know a lot of famous people um and i and i will have to say that people have asked me you know you could really raise your um footprint they call it in the in the biz you could raise your footprint if you if you have more uh, big name guests on the show, and we've had we've had a lot of big name guests on the show, really great people. I, I, you know what's funny is I'm really picky about who I have on the show, and the guy I have today, Mark Kerr, folks, you know he's he's retired, uh, Air Force, really really a super great guy. What one of the things I love about Mark is he is he's got a encyclopedic mind. And it's unlike any I'm, – I'm telling you, you've never run across anybody like Mark Kerr, and that's a fact. I mean, you want to talk about mutually pledged. This guy um, 
somebody asked on chat where I was uh, where I was hurt. No, it was in Newcastle County, Delaware. At uh, it was on 301 uh, Summit Bridge Road, just at Bethel Church Road, just at the bottom of Summit Bridge. So, yep, right there. So, um, but Mark, I'll tell you, Mark is unlike anybody you've ever met. He is high intensity. I don't know how he does uh, what he does. I really don't. I, I He goes at a pace. A lot of people have said that, man, you, you go at this incredible pace. How do you do that? Listen, I'm nothing compared to Mark. Mark is, I would say, the Energizer Bunny. Um, and you know what, though? I used to worry. And I said, dude, do you eat? And then we went out to lunch a few times. Uh, he does eat. I'm going to put that to rest right now. The brother can house some food. But, you know, he goes all over the country. I remember one time he uh, – and when he said this, I had to ask him afterwards, are you serious? Is this really true? He had a house that he hadn't been to in, I think, almost three years because he was traveling all over the country teaching Center for Self-Governance classes. And I mean to tell you, these are not um, – Kmart classes. These are Nordstrom classes. These are the best of the best. And there's some of the best instruction, some of the most applicable, powerful. Uh, You'll learn things and you'll experience things that, honest to goodness, you you will not ever forget. Um, I still remember at one of his classes, uh, he was at the Bundy Ranch out in Nevada. I think it was about a year ago. And that was huge, folks. We were were at the uh, brink of some folks were at the brink of civil war. You know, th- this was a serious thing, and a lot of people don't realize. And I and I understand how that can happen. You live, you're doing your thing. You don't you don't have any idea. You know, you're just you're doing your thing, and that's out in Nevada. And listen, if if folks are if they're not directly impacted, like if it's not right there, guess what? <laughs> You're you're not going to be involved. You're not going to be plugged in. It's not you don't think it matters to you because you are. You're just you know you're doing your thing. You're around your house. Well, you know it was a major event, and and I'll tell you, um, I I really mean this too. By the way, uh, we were as close as we have ever been. And and I know, you know, he, he'll talk about this. Mark will talk about this. Uh, we were as close as we have ever been in, I, I think, since, the, uh, since what, maybe Kent State firing on our own citizens. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. And there's so much that we just simply don't know. And there's there's a lot he can't tell you, but there's a lot he will tell you. Same way with Ferguson. I don't know if he'll talk about that or not, and I don't want to you know put him in a place where he's got to talk about something he doesn't want to talk about yet. But anyway, well, what the heck? Let's just bring him on since we got him. Um, you know this this is a guy for whom I have immense respect, and I'm and I'm telling you I'm I am very 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 blessed to have the friends that I have, and I and I count Mark Her as as one of my good friends, and and certainly among the patriots, you know, you think about the patriots out there, the people who are just really, they are committed. 
to keeping the republic. They are mutually pledged to keep the republic, that no matter what, they're in it to win it, and, and they realize the cost. That's Mark Herr. So, Mark, welcome. We appreciate you joining us today, and boy, are we excited to have you and to learn from you today. How are you? Hey, hey Sean. I, likewise, I'm just as uh, uh, honored to, to for you to have us on so we can you know, talk about the challenges of our day and figure out how to keep our republic. Yeah. Hey, no doubt. Hey, first of all, let's, uh, if you could, if you could just let us, let our audience know a little bit about Center for Self-Governance, kind of the, the quick reader's digest before we get into our topic, because nobody is more passionate, I don't think, about Center for Self-Governance than you. And so I'd love for them to hear about it from you. Um, so Center for Self-Governance is a, a nonprofit, uh, C3. We we're focused on uh, uh, training or teaching citizens um, uh, w- what sort of daily actions they need to keep their republic. Um, we have a five-level training program. It uh, starts back in level one with some reconditioning about uh, their system of government. Level two, we, we learn it. Three, we get into relationship building uh, with, with the governors and the governed within our system. And level four and five, it's our ultimate objective is to build keeping the Republic teams across our entire country, uh, teams of the governed who are only focused on taking keeping actions on a daily basis. So absolutely love what I do. I'm here in Colorado Springs, taught a level four this morning, and I can tell you uh, the tree of liberty is growing. Oh, that's awesome. I love to hear that. I'll tell you what, folks, uh, you go to these classes and you, your your head will explode. It's to some degree – uh, you know, it, it is, it'll give you, it'll give you a headache because you're, but it's a good headache if, if there is such a thing, because you will understand, number one, you'll understand the level of commitment required to save the Republic. By the way, you have a, an invitation to go to Ohio from our chat room. Uh, and I know this guy could fill a room. So I don't know if you're in Ohio yet, but we, we got some people we could fill a room with. Uh, some great patriots there. So let's keep that in mind, and we'll give you some information, maybe link the two of you up. There's a great patriot okay. there that uh, that is committed and mutually pledged. I know that for a fact. So all that said to say this, now, we've got several things going on in the country. Obviously, the thing going on in Oregon is a big deal. But, um, you know, our president has said, and this is near and dear to me, the Second Amendment. Um, one of my favorite things that I have right behind me is the Second Amendment plaque and that my son gave me, and it's really near and dear to me. What do you think of the president saying, look, I'm going to use executive order, and I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. I'm, I'm going to control these. If it, and he loves to say this. If it saves just one child's life, we've got to do something. What do um, you think? Well, you know, on – and on the surface, when you're touching people's emotions, saving one child's child's life is absolutely accurate. Um, but there's a reason why uh, the governed are meant to have the ability to counteract the governors when they become abusive. Um, you know, in 1775, the governor, the president, if you will, or the king of England, King George, and the, the parliament, in today's modern version of Congress, sent over uh, British troops uh, to retrieve the guns and the gunpowder of farmers uh, and uh, the regular country folk from Lexington to Concord. 
And the results were devastating for the country of England. It resulted in a new country called the United States of America. So the president of the United States, um, I totally understand where they're coming from. He's just, he's just simply repeating history, Sean. And unfortunately, in his ignorance, doesn't realize that they're just re- they're not actually progressing. They're regressing to pre-1775, where the king and his parliament, Congress, are choosing to take these unilateral actions against the governed. And the, and the, and the consequences will be disastrous for them as well as the governed. Um, I would say this. When it comes to our system of government, the executive branch in Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution has boundaries that confine him. Right now, it's like a child. He is ex- trying to press and expand those boundaries. This is human nature. It's what our children do. They press and they push the boundaries as far as they can. The key here is that who is the parent and who is the child in our system of government? The governed are expected to be the parent in the relationship. Our responsibility as the governed is to confine him within the boundaries of the delegated authority we gave him in our Constitution, in our section called Article 2, which says the executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States. That word executive power means he has been given our authority to use our executive power to enforce our laws created by our legislative branch. So if you have to go back to Article 1, and that is all legislative power herein granted, the Constitution, shall be vested in a Congress of the United States. So when the president says he's going to use executive order to create gun control, what is, what's really happening in his language is a stretch of boundaries. The question I have for your listeners is this. The matter of the governed, and you all are, is this the boundary that he is pressing and expanding? For your echo chamber, they may say yes. But for the average American, Sean, our greatest challenge is that the governed are being conditioned to think he is allowed to expand that boundary. That is where our challenge is. So do I agree with him in using his executive orders? Personally, no. I, I think it's, it's the wrong thing to do. Um, can he do it? Yes, if the governed allow him to press and push and eliminate that boundary. How do you suggest we stop him? Well, first of all, I highly recommend you need to start with level one, and that is regarding your understanding of power and control. President Obama has been given control through the election process, whether corrupt or not. He has control of the executive branch of the federal government. Now, the boundary itself, the responsibility for that boundary rests in the hands of the governed. Congress is allowing him to expand that boundary because the governed are allowing Congress to allow him to expand that boundary. So one of the first steps I would say is this. Uh, the, the Congress needs to create some sort of legislative action that, that terminates his executive orders. Uh, number two, Congress has the authority to impeach him if he is violating those boundaries. Uh, and then number three, Congress has the ability to defund all of the monies or the ability of him to use other human beings, and I would call these the enforcers of the bureaucrats, they get their money from Congress. 
And ultimately, that money comes from the people, the governed. And number two, um, the governed have access to their congressmen. Okay, that's one kind of way to start reigning in Congress in order to gain control of the president. Number two is at the state level. Um, The states, uh, how is President Obama going to enforce his executive orders? Is he going to use state resources, county resources, city resources? It is imperative for your listeners to start building relationships, which is what we teach in level three, with the governors of each of these levels because if your levels of government have been coerced or convinced to share resources, that is the primary mechanism for the president to enforce his executive orders. So that's number two. You can start building the relationships today if you can and start getting your state, your county, and your city government governors to not use their city, county, and state resources in order to help President Obama enforce his executive orders. That's the second thing I would do. Um, Number three, and this is something very practical for everyone, and that is um, you, you must Um, start finding out what executive orders he is going to try to create because this is going to affect you personally and directly. So is this going to affect gun shows? Is this going to affect, like in California, just passed a state law where now enforcers can seize or confiscate guns from legal gun owners under certain circumstances? You need to find out how this is going to personally affect you and other gun owners, and you, you need to start building relationships Um, uh, with other gun owners, particularly, as well as those who may not be gun owners but support your Second Amendment rights. So those are the three things. Just off the bat, uh, Sean, let me summarize. Congress has the ability to rein in the president's executive orders. Uh, You you are – all legislative power is in Congress, and Congress comes from we the people. Second, your state, city, and county resources – that is the primary mechanism for uh, enforcing or using the, the uh, resources of the state, city, and county governments to enforce um, these executive orders. And then number three, you need to find out exactly how this is going to affect you personally and start building relationships with others who are going to be personally affected by it as well. hope that was helpful. Totally helpful. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, and we're getting a lot of great feedback from you know from the audience, so you're definitely striking a chord. So the short summary here is the right side news. I just pulled that up. The right news for Americans. First time ever looking at it. Uh, looks like a pretty pretty uh, pretty clean page here. The short summary is in an effort to draw attention to a ridiculous arrest of a father and son pair of Oregon ranchers, Dwight Lincoln Hammond Jr. and he's 73 years old and his son, Stephen Dwight Hammond, 46, who are scheduled to begin uh, five-year prison sentences by turning themselves in today, uh, three brothers from the Clive and Bundy family, and approximately 100 to 150 and growing heavily armed militia, former U.S. service members, have taken control of the, I'm guessing that's the Malheur uh, Wildlife Refuge Headquarters in the wildlife, uh, and they say they're going to stay there indefinitely to bring uh, attention to this. You know, I said in my open, I don't know if you were able to listen to that, but I said in my uh, my open that 
I don't know all the details. I know you know a lot more probably than I do, but I can tell you that even what is thought to be a conservative uh, news source and Fox News are reporting things that are simply simply not true. Uh, and they're describing these militia as anti-government, um, you know, ne'er-do-wells, and that they're – you know, I don't remember them describing the people that took over the Wisconsin uh, Capitol building uh, trying to get uh, Scott uh, Walker kicked out of office. I don't remember them describing them that way. But, you know, they have no problem describing these guys, and they say it's interesting that they're all white. You know, and this is Fox pointing this out. This is not just one, but but multiple. So, and they're saying that what it what it really surrounds is that the the family, uh, the father and the son, set these fires purposely so that they would cover up their illegal taking of a herd of deer. This is what they're this is what they're saying. They're saying that this is you know this is what happened. And I know that you uh, and, and and I know our audience would be absolutely fascinated by uh, you have some of the most amazing video from when you were out at uh, out at the uh, the Bundy Ranch um, that I've ever seen. And, and I think if if America could see that, boy, that would that would really be something. But uh, the fact of the matter is 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 your input on that. I think maybe we go back to that and explain to our audience what was really happening. Uh, to the Bundys. What was really going on there? Okay. Um, and and just so everyone's clear, I, I was scheduled to teach a class on April 14th, 2000, excuse me, April 12th, 2014 last year. My class was canceled. One of my students was going to the Bundy Ranch to support. Of course, I don't know the Bundys. I don't support or oppose whatever their position is regarding um, uh, their matter regarding cows and grazing fees and land issues. Um, I, I have my own personal views, but as it relates to CSG, um, I was there uh, mainly to observe the interaction between the governed, the system, and the governors. Um, and I, I, I did capture some pretty amazing footage. I'm an amateur uh, videographer, but what I captured, Sean, shows that when the citizens uh, who are the governed understand their system and uh, properly, I would say, engage the system at the point where the governors are using the system in an overreach or in an abusive situation, then the outcome can be very positive. Um, and, and in a nutshell, uh, Bundy's cows were released. Nobody was killed. The federal government retreated, at least for that day, the state government and the county government exercised their dual jurisdiction, their separate authority, and, and, and the results were that life, liberty, property, safety, security, all those rights um, that Montel Williams, for example, enjoys, um, in which you know today in, in one of his Twitter accounts, he says that it appears that a bunch of undereducated terrorist buffoons who follow Clive and Bundy, shall we send them to meet ISIS? He's totally fine in one of his other Twitter rants. I'm totally fine with a massive use of deadly force in Oregon to take out Ammon Bundy. Uh, another twi Twitter, he says, then let's give them some. Put this down using National Guard with shoot-to-kill orders. So, you know, the rights that we're talking about that government are to secure in the Declaration of Independence, um, what I saw on April 12, 2014, was the securing of rights. 
that's one of the cases that Ammon Bundy is making regarding this Oregon matter. It's, it is his opinion that the federal government and those who are who are controlling the federal government are using the system to 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 make rights less secure. Now, <clears throat> in, in relationship to the Bundy case in 2014 and the Hammond case here in 2015, I, I do not know the Hammonds, and so I cannot speak. I'm not asked to speak on their behalf, and I, I, I do know folks who are directly and indirectly involved with this situation, so I can speak to what I know, but I would like to point this out for your listeners because that's what they're most curious about, and that is how does this apply to me and how does this apply to my government? And what should my response be? First of all, we need to look back in history for just a second. In 1859 at Harper's Ferry, a guy named John Brown, who was a white abolitionist, he hated slavery, and he wanted to create a slave uprising for the black people. And he stormed and occupied a federal ammunition uh, uh, property at Harper's Ferry. And between October 16th and October 18th of 1859, he was laid siege to that federal property. And the results were that the governors of the federal government sent in federal troops, and everyone was either killed or captured, and at later points, the people were hung who survived. And just a short time later, in April of 1861, so just about what, about a year and a half later, um, the South seized uh, or besieged Fort Sumter. And the result of this attacking this federal property with the, the enforcers who were using that property resulted in the Civil War. <clears throat> in the case of Cliven Bundy last year, consider it in relationship to what I described earlier to your listeners, and that is that British troops were marching to seize or take their guns and their powder, etc., and so the citizens, the governed of England, rose up as the colonists, and they began to interact physically with the British troops. Last year, the federal agents came and they took Cliven Bundy's cows. And so you had the same kind of result. The citizens, the governed, rose up, and they entered into a conflict with those enforcers. Unfortunately, nobody died like they did in the Revolutionary War. Now let's look at the Civil War. The difference is this, that John Brown and those who besieged Fort Sumter, they took the initiative to seize. So my caution to Ammon and his brothers and those who are there is, you have seized federal property like John Brown and the South besieged Fort Sumter. History tells us that the outcome is not good. So the Declaration of Independence was written in a particular way, Sean, and, and it was written from the perspective that we have been abused, and this is how we have been abused. You had the Boston Massacre, you had the tea tax, you had the Townsend Act, you had all of these things from the king, and the king was not responding <clears throat> except with, according to Thomas Jefferson and the Continental Congress, with abuse and, and uh, tyrant and despotism, et cetera. 
Ammon and uh, his brothers are currently making that case. However, as it stands right now, Montel Williams and President Obama's narrative is going to win the verbal warfare. Uh, Ultimately, Ammon and his brothers do not have enough of the populace, your listeners, for example, who fully understand what's at stake regarding what Ammon Bundy and the Hammonds are going through. So let me give you guys just a little bit of a background so you understand Ammon Bundy and the militia's frustration. Back in the 1820s, when the people were going you know, toward the West, they were coming to Colorado and, and California and Washington, and there was a change in the amount of land and property and resources. And so the federal government uh, began to enter into agreements with these states, like Nevada, like Oregon, Colorado, uh, Washington State, et cetera. And they created, Congress created an act called the Land Trust Act, and Congress made an agreement that they would act as trustee over the land, and then they would disperse those lands to private individuals so that the states would not have a conflict of interest. Well, 1976, Congress reneged on this, and the results have been disastrous. You now have federal agencies that are using various policies to slowly push uh, ranchers out of business. And so you have this rancher, uh, Mr. Hammond and his son, going through their experience. Clive and Bundy went through the same thing with uh, the cows and, 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 and water rights and grazing fees and all of these things. And it's kind of hard, Sean, for the average American to empathize with a rancher who just looks like a cowboy with a bunch of militia wearing a cowboy hat. It, it doesn't make sense to the average American in 2016 who owns Xbox and lives in a you know 300-square-foot greenhouse where he's growing you know, chia pet um, herbs on his ledge. It's not easy for him to understand, well, why is Ammon Bundy so frustrated? He just looks like what Montel Williams says. He's just this hillbilly terrorist, this undereducated buffoon. So what we have here is the need to educate the American people on why uh, frustrated young men like Ammon Bundy and his father, Cliven, and Mr. Hammond and his son, why are they so frustrated with their federal government, and why are they reacting in this way? Well, this goes back um, to the 1930s, and I'm not going to go into a whole long timeline thing, but basically there was a, uh, a move to nationalize the federal government. In other words, find ways to mesh federal power with local government. In particularly, they started with the states, and so I'm going to jump to the 70s. Many of the states, after 30 or 40 years of, of federal laws allowing this to take place, began to change their constitutions and change their state laws to allow public personnel from city, school, county, and state governments to more closely coordinate with federal agents of like the FBI or the Environmental Protection Agency or the Bureau of Land Management, et cetera. Well, during the 1970s, there was a plethora of national legislation regarding land, particularly around the environment and resources. Um, The results have been disastrous for 16 states that are west of the Front Range of Colorado. Basically, I'll just kind of cut this to a nutshell. 
the federal government effectively owns, because of reneging in 1976, the Land Trust Act, nearly 60-plus percent of land in those 16 states, and that number is growing. For example, in Nevada, 82 percent of Nevada is owned by the federal government, uh, and, and they were trying to gain more in the Clive and Bundy case, as an example. The same thing is happening in Oregon, uh, where the ranchers have so many acres, uh, they, and so the policy is, hey, your cows are eating too much grass, therefore we're going to take all of these policy steps, kind of a little bit too much for people who don't understand cows, for me to sit here and say, well, this is what they're doing, A, B, and C. Just know that there's a conflict between the rancher having cows on his property and federal government uh, initiatives from the 1930s to nationalize our government by creating coordination at the local level. And one of the tools they're using is land. And so you see this conflict between these ranchers like Clive and Bundy, uh, the gentleman on the Red River in Texas, the Hammonds in Oregon. We've seen it up in Washington State. And, and as, with my travels, Sean, I'm seeing this starting to crop up all over the place now. Uh, even in Virginia, uh, with regards to the EPA and water rights. So um, the, you, you've got a conflict here. And the conflict is regarding rights. And those who are controlling the federal government are using policy from the 1930s and the 50s it's manifested itself in the 70s, and now here we are in the, six, in the 2016 timeframe, and we're starting to see the potential for violence. John, John Brown, right, besieging Fort Sumter. Um, and this is where the real conflict is, is how do you communicate with Ammon and a group of gentlemen who see their federal government acting like King George and acting like Parliament and just repeating history? And how do you communicate with the governors of the federal government and the state governors and the county when we don't have those relationships right now? Um, it's imperative, Sean, that one, we learn from this particular situation, and that is we must start building relationship with the governors in our school, city, county, and state levels of government. We have been trained not to. Fortunately for the Bundys in 2014, the district sheriff there was familiar with the Bundy family. They had relationships, and, of course, he had to do his job. But it's that relationship that I believe, personally, my personal opinion, saved those uh, well over 200 citizens' lives last year. Well, here we are, um, Oregon. You've got 150 or so folks. Um, they've seized federal territory. Um, they have a grievance. They are concerned. They, their, their claim is that it's the federal government is at a point of overreach regarding rights. And I think what it is, Sean, they just want to be heard. Now, let's well, come to hey, the Mark, let me let me interrupt you for just a second, Mark. And I think this is important. And our friends at Right Side News, um, they have a great summary here. And by the way, we're going to we're going to publish this map. There's a map that they have that shows for perspective, the purpose of perspective that shows the Hammond Ranch. Uh, on a map, and it's literally surrounded. It makes me think of Israel, surrounded by Muslim countries that want to blow them up. Uh, this Hammond Ranch is literally surrounded by federal land. 
the amazing thing is, is this this Hammond Ranch uh, is in the Harney Basin, what's called the Harney Basin, and settled in the 1870s. Now, folks, you need to understand that's the 1870s. This ranch was settled. The valley was settled by multiple ranchers, and it was known to have over 300,000 head of cattle. So they developed this really state-of-the-art uh, irrigation system to water the meadows and you know, migrating birds stopped there on their way north, all this stuff. So in 08, 1908, Teddy Roosevelt, who everybody thinks was this great guy, really in a political scheme created this Indian reservation. Of course, there were no Indians for the Indian reservation around this Mallor, Mud, and Harney Lakes, decided it would be a preserve and breeding ground for native birds. So later, this Indian reservation without Indians became the Mallor National Wildlife Refuge. So in 64, the Hammonds purchased their ranch in the Harney Basin. And this included approximately six, and this is what you're saying, this really rings uh, true to me because I've been in the middle of places this big, and you don't understand what it requires to produce the beef and all of the different things that they, um, you know, that they do. It takes a lot of land, and they've had this land since 1964. The Hammonds bought this in, in, in the Harney Basin, and this included 600... 6,000 acres of private property, four grazing rights on public land, and a small ranch house and three water rights. And it's around 53 miles south of Burns, Oregon. Here's the crazy thing, and this blows my mind. Uh, you know, we're talking about a huge expanse of area, and so the, 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 uh, the government, in 1970s, the Fish and Wildlife Service, in conjunction with the Bureau of Land Management, took a different approach to get the ranchers to sell. They wanted them to sell because they wanted to take over this land, just like you said. They were increasing their power by taking land, and the ranchers' land. I mean, you know, the the press right now, Mark, is even, even the alleged conservative, which they're not, Fox News, have a lot of good friends over there, and I'm telling you, they, they'll they even tell you, the more, the more truly conservative uh, hosts over there will tell you, eh, Fox News isn't conservative. They're selling, you know. That's why all the girls wear short skirts and, and you know, they're they're beautiful women. Now they're all also very very smart women. But the the bottom line is they're trying to sell. They're trying to you know. So so what happened is in order to get the ranchers to sell, they were told that grazing was detrimental to wildlife and must be reduced. So 32 out of the 53 permits that they were issued legally were revoked, and and many of the ranchers, of course, if you can't graze, you have to leave. So they did. For the ones remaining. Grazing fees were raised significantly for those who were allowed to remain. And then the refuge personnel took over the irrigation system, claiming that that was theirs. But it wasn't theirs. It's not theirs. It was built by these ranchers. These ranchers did this legally on land that they owned. So so like you said, you used the word, it, the language of liberty. It's so important to be clear in our communication. And, and, and folks, if you're just joining us, Mark Herr of the Center for Self-Governance, I'm telling you, any of the instructors that teach at the Center for Self-Governance, if you have any of them, you're going to hear more clearly the truth. It's going to resonate. It's going to get in your brain, into your cells, better than anything you've ever done in your life. Uh, and so you used a word, we're, we have a conflict. So there was a, by 1980, there was a conflict well on its way over the water allocations. Why? Because the refuge personnel took over the irrigation system. They wanted the Hammonds out, so they said, you know what, we're cutting you off. So uh, anyway, 31 ranches on the Sylvie's Plain, this is where uh, they let the water go because they were proven a point. They were flooded. Homes, corrals, barns, grazed land, uh, animals died. I mean, it was it was horrible. The liberals 
the PETA people would have raised Cain if it wasn't, you know. Anyway, I won't go into that. The ranchers that once <laughs> fought to keep the the uh, keep the FWS from taking their land, they're broke now. They're broke. They have no currency. Cows are their currency. Livestock is their currency. So they said, hey, you know, uh, can you take over our useless ranchers? So in 1989, the waters began to recede magically once they sold the ranches. And now once thriving, privately owned Sylvie's Plains are a proud part of the Maller National Wildlife Refuge claimed by the FWS. By the 90s, the Hammonds were one of very few ranchers. So in other words, they have really ticked the government off because they're still there. Man, you were a thorn in my side. Just like Clive and Bundy, you know, thorn in their side. Oh, you don't do what we say? Oh, okay, we'll show you. So Susie Hammond, in an effort to make sense of what was going on, began compiling. This is from the Right Side News, by the way. You can all read this there, free free press for the Right Side News. Uh, but it's a really great summary. They began compiling facts about the refuge. And in a hidden public record, she found a study that was done by the FWS in 1975. And what it showed was that the no-use policies of the FWS on uh, the refuge were causing the wildlife to leave the refuge and to move to private property. Why? Because private property people, you know, hunters and farmers and ranchers, they want the land to be good. They want it to be rich. They want it to be fruitful. They want it to produce because they want to do what? They want to raise cows. They don't want to kill the ground. They don't want to kill all the animals. You know, hunters don't want to kill everything. They want because we want to hunt 500 years from now. We want to be able to have our great 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 grandkids. So the private property adjacent to the Maller. Am I pronouncing that right? The Maller, Maller yeah, Wildlife yeah, Refuge right. produced four times more ducks and geese than the refuge itself did. It also showed that migrating birds were 13 times more likely to land on private property than on the refuge. Isn't that something? So she finds us, Susie Hammonds finds us, and she's like, hey, wait a second. She makes she brings us to the attention of the FWS and the refuge personnel, and then all of a sudden her family becomes the subject of a long train of abuses and corruption. So by the 90s, the Hammonds, folks, you need to understand, this has gone on for a long time time portraying the press and the government portraying the hammonds as these you know terrible people it's bull it's a total lie but you know what you you said it you said it you used a term i don't use the 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 game things i don't i know what they're called what you named it it's some kind of game thing playing their little games these gamers with their skinny jeans and you know they're 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 pasty white skin they've never seen the sun because they're always clicking on those things and texting and doing social media and all that stuff. They don't get out and live. Well, those people have no concept that, wait a second, there's more to this. Because the Hammonds filed on a livestock water source and obtained a deed for the water right from the state of Oregon. So the Bureau of Land Management, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, which is FWS, found out that the Hammonds obtained new water rights near the Maller Wildlife Refuge. They They were ticked off, and they became belligerent and vindictive toward the Hammonds. So the wildlife, the Fish and Wildlife Service, well, I'll say FWS, challenged the Hammonds' right to the water in an Oregon State Circuit Court. The court found that the Hammonds legally obtained. Folks, these are law-abiding citizens. They legally obtained the water in accordance to state law, and therefore the use of the water belongs to the Hammonds. But in August of 94, the Bureau of Land Management and the FWS illegally began building a fence around the Hammonds' water source. Now, you understand what that means, PETA folks and, and liberal 
uh, uh, you know, vegetable and grass chewers. When you have cattle, they have to be able to eat grass. They have to be able to drink water. It, it has to happen. Or what happens? They die. They they die of thirst. They dehydrate. They die, or they starve to death. Well, for people who apparently, uh, you know, an animal's life is more important than a human's, that doesn't sound to me like it's, you know, like that's right. And so, it, look, you know, there's so much more. I mean, there's there's just so much more. And I guess we can get into it later because I know we only have you for a certain period of time. But but to cut to the chase, um, you you have to know that Steve Hammond, because uh, the, the owner of the original Hammond Ranch, he passed away. Uh, and, and so the Hammonds made a trade to get the ranch back. They they had to sell their home in, in order to purchase another property that had enough grass to feed their cattle. So once the person they sold it to uh, passed away in, in the fall of early 2001, Steve Hammond, who is uh, Steve N. Hammond, he's the son, called the fire department informing them that he was going to be uh, performing a routine prescribed burn on their ranch. This is what you do. You burn specific areas so that if there's a lightning strike or anything like that, that you back uh, you back burn. I think that's the correct term. So, but what happens is uh, there was there was no problem at that time. Prescribed fires. The government actually even does that. Prescribed fires happen. Native Americans do it. Ranchers have done it for hundreds of years. It's just how you you, you do you deal with these things. So, but in 2006 there was a massive lightning storm. And all these fires were joined together. They, th- these fires started from lightning, a natural source, and they inflamed the countryside. So to prevent the fire from destroying their winter range and possibly their home, Stephen Hammond, the son, started a backfire. That's what you do. The backfire was successful in pointing out the lightning fires that had covered thousands of acres. So they were able to accomplish what the government was unable to do. The backfire saved much of the range of vegetation needed to feed the cattle through the winter. So Stephen's Stephen's mother, Susan Hammond, said the backfire worked perfectly. It put out the fire. It saved the range, possibly our home. The next day, Mark, and ladies and gentlemen all around the world listening, the next day federal agents went to the Harney County Sheriff's Office. Now, this is federal agents because they're pissed off at the guy. They're pissed off at this family. They're like, man, you guys are really, we're sick of you. They filed a police report making accusation against Dwight and Stephen Hammond for starting a backfire. Well, yes, they started the backfire. They let them know, hey, guess what we're going to do? We're going to do what we've done for hundreds of years. We're going to start a backfire to stop this fire from taking our thing. So a few days after the backfire, a range con from the Burns District BLM office, Bureau of Land Management, asked Stephen if he would meet him in town, which is called French Glen, for coffee. Stephen said, sure, I'll meet you for coffee. When he was leaving, he was arrested by the Harney County Sheriff, Dave Glarup and another BLM range officer, um, Sheriff Glarup, ordered him to go to the ranch and bring back his father. Both Dwight and Stephen were booked on multiple Oregon state charges. The Harney County District Attorney reviewed the accusation, evidence, and charges determined that the accusation against Dwight and Stephen Hammond did not warrant prosecution, dropped all the charges. So, so cutting to today, this is stemming from all of this. And, and everything else that, you're, that you hear... Uh, from from the government and from so many people in the media is bovine feces. It's just bovine feces, Mark. They're flat out lying about this man and their family. And the average American person growing uh, sprouts 
in their in their little home garden on their ledge of their city place, uh, they're like, oh my gosh, you know what? You can't do that. I don't care if you're like liberal or like um, conservative. You can't like go and take over land. Like you can't do it. Okay. Like I know the Constitution, and I know you can't do it. So this is what they think. They're like, oh yeah, our government. I mean, you can't disrespect the government. They don't mind that when it's the Second Amendment, by the way. They don't mind it when it's an actual constitutional amendment, you know, the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Oh, no, because they, don't, they would never think of touching a gun or even looking at one because they scare them. You know, because they have skinny jeans on and they're pasty skin. They, they wouldn't know how to get the – their idea of getting their own dinner is going down to the deli, and if they have to wait like four minutes, it's, oh, my God, you'll never believe how long I had to wait. It was awful. It was the worst, you know. They don't know what it takes to grow food. Anyway, back to you. Sorry for that rant. I'm mad. Right. Now, the, I, get, I just get so mad when our government you, – the word you use, I love it. I love – you You and your compadres are masters of the language, the language of liberty. It's so important, folks. It's so important. Well, regarding the Hammonds, um, in, 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 in 2012 <clears> – <throat> Uh, the Hammonds were found guilty under the 1996 Anti-Terrorism Act. So they're technically labeled as terrorists now. They were sentenced to five years. Well, actually, the judge at the time only sentenced the father to three months and the son to 12 months. They had to pay the, the BLM $400,000. But um, they, they, they reported to prison. They served their time. And then in sometime, I guess, in 2014, uh, the field manager for the BLM, Rhonda Carges, and her husband, Chad Carges, who happens to be the refuge manager for the Malheur Wildlife Refuge. Which uh, surrounds the Hammond Ranch, by the way. Surrounds yes. it. It's all the way around it. They are an along island of the, liberty and freedom. That's right. Along with the federal attorney, Frank Papagini, or Papagni, I can't say it, they uh, went back to the Ninth District Federal Court saying, hey, um, they need to they need to go back to federal prison to serve the minimum sentence of five years. And so, in October of, of 2015, the Ninth District Courts resentenced Dwight and Stephen, and requiring them to to go back to prison for several more years. Um, so, as part of all the the deals regarding this, I mean, you've got um, the, the Hammonds are returning to to, to prison today. But I think the absurdity is that you have two ranchers that were charged under anti-terrorism acts. Now, wait a minute. Um, so oh, two ranchers- oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Mark Kerr, conservative, uh, conservative teacher of the Center for Self-Governance, keeper of the Republic, mutually pledged. You did not just say what you just said. I know you what did. did hold up, hold up. Are you all listening? Did you just say to our audience, which last Monday was over 600,000 people, did you just say to us that they are listed as terrorists? Come on, yes. you did not just say that. They were just charged as terrorists. You did not just say that. In, two, in, in 2012, they were, they were found guilty under the 1996 Anti-Terrorism Act. And yet, and yet we don't want to call Islamic terrorists even in this country, we don't want to call them. They're yelling Alu Akbar 
and uh and and you know running around with with Quran and and everything and they're they're doing their thing and they go on social media and talk about I'm going to I'm going to commit jihad and we still don't want to call them terrorists but we're going to call these good American citizens, food producers, job producers, people who truly care for the land, terrorists. That's sickening, America. And America, if you stand for it, we get what we deserve. And the key here is that, and this is this is my my take on this regarding the militia who have taken over the federal property versus the Hammonds who are reporting to prison today. The absurdity of their charges and resentencing under the 1996 Anti-Terrorism Act is absolutely absurd. Here, okay, so I mean, there's 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 other factors regarding the case, but what is over what is overshadowing these two going back to jail are the militia who have taken and seized charge. It gives us the opportunity to bring it back to the Hammonds, and this is the important part. You have two American citizens that were law-abiding. They set a backfire, which Indians and the federal government do on a regular basis. And a matter of fact, EPA, has anybody been sent to, to jail in Colorado for the mining uh, leak that went into the river? Has anyone been uh, sentenced under the 1996 Anti-Terrorism Act for uh, polluting our waterways under that act? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't go so fast over that. Don't go so fast over that. Go back and tell our audience what happened there. Because I don't think, you know what, I'll tell you the truth. I don't think probably 95% of the people in the United States of America realize that our EPA poisoned a waterway. And I don't mean just poisoned it. They killed countless wildlife, wildlife that graze on it, wildlife, uh, fish, and, and other you know aquatic life died. I don't think America really realizes this. They're like, oh, yeah, we're so sorry. We didn't mean to do it. Oops. Nobody's going yeah, to jail. So, yeah, nobody nobody is going to jail for that. But, but under the 1996 Anti-Terrorism Act, when you – poisoning the waterways um, is considered a terrorist act. And in this case, in, in August of last year, um, the EPA – uh, in, in the city of Durango in La Plata County, Colorado, had to declare a state of emergency because they accidentally released mine waste into the water. My question is, did the Hammonds accidentally have their back burn go onto federal property? So there's a, there's a hypocrisy here with regards to the enforcement of laws. And the use of those laws to incarcerate two law-abiding Americans who were fulfilling their day-to-day activities, um, something that other entities do like Indians and the federal government themselves, and they had an accident. Um, here's, here's, the, here's the even more absurd part of this, Sean, and that is in California, how many tens of thousands of criminals has the correction system released from prison? How many illegal immigrants have been released from prison, especially the ones who have committed crimes and then have been released over and over and over again? But here we have two American law-abiding citizens, residents of the state of Oregon, who were fulfilling functions that other entities do on their properties, 
and they had an accident and they are charged as terrorists and now have to report back to prison because the Bureau of Land Management field director, Rhonda Carges, and her husband, the refuge director for the Marlowe Life uh, Refuge, as well as the prosecuting federal attorney, Frank Pag- Pagni, I can't say his last it's name. It's Pagnini. Pagnini. Those, those Pagan, 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 something. Anyway, those three uh, filed an appeal saying, hey, they didn't serve enough time. Papagni. Papagni is his name. Papagni. There we go. So there's absurdity here with regards to the Hammonds. And that story is the real story. story And of course, the Ninth District, the Ninth District Federal Court is behind this, which, of course, is is the left's court. Well, so and, when and the, when the average American person hears this, they go, well, the court said, you have to do what the court said. Same-sex marriage, the court has ruled. It's the law of the land. Yes. Well, you know, I, it, you, you have to recognize that this is so much bigger than, I mean, obviously this is bigger than the Hammonds because that's why you have Ammon Bundy and his colleagues there, uh, they've seized that federal property because they want to bring attention to a bigger issue. But the absurdity here is that the Hammonds were charged under terrorism laws, and they are being uh, resentenced and sent back to prison, which they are honorably complying with the order from the judge. Um, On the other hand, it's, it's absolutely absurd that we are releasing prisoners who are felons, who have committed crimes, are illegals here in this country, in places like the state of California over and over and over again to commit more and more crimes. Whereas when you look at the Hammonds history, how many times have they been convicted of federal crimes and now they are considered terrorists? It's absurd. It is, that, is, that is the absurdity of this. And that is that you have three Americans, three of them who work for the federal government, one for the Bureau of Land Management, the other who is the, ref, uh, the refuge manager in coordination with the federal prosecutor going to a higher level federal court to um, send these gentlemen back to prison, where these probably same people are have no hesitation whatsoever with the state of California releasing uh, known felons, criminals, to go back into San Francisco in a sanctuary city and murder one of our young women. Well, you know, I, I think it's important for our audience to know this, too. You need to understand this. Uh, the the Hammonds, Dwight and Stephen, 73, I believe, 74 years old, and uh, and and uh, Stephen, 46 years old, they served their time. They went to jail. And this Rhonda Carges uh, and, and uh, Chad Carges and Frank Papagni, they went to the Ninth District Court. They filed an appeal and said, oh, no, 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 that's not enough time. You need to send them back to court for the entire five years. So the Ninth District resentenced. They had them come back and say, well, we know what you served, what we originally said you should serve. We know you did your time. But we're going to resentence you now, and you've got to go back to prison for several more years to serve out the five years, the entire five years. Now, Stephen, 46 years old, he has a wife and three children. Dwight is 74. He will leave his 74-year-old wife alone on this ranch. After 55 years of marriage, he'll be 79 when he's released. Now, look, folks, you can sit in your home wherever you live. You can sit in your home, and you can say, well, 
that doesn't affect me. They should just do what the government says. You know what the government wants them to do? They say, hey, you've already paid $200,000 in fees to the Bureau of Land Management, but you know what? You're going to have to pay another 200000 and it has to be paid by the end of this year. And if you can't pay, guess what? You're going to have to sell your ranch or face further prosecution. America, do you understand this? That if you don't understand self-governance, if you don't look, if we understood, if all of us, and I only know about one one hundredth of what Mark Kerr knows about self-governance, if you understood this, you would not be sitting here listening to the radio show because there'd be no need to listen to the radio show because you would be at the White House, and then uh, thousands of us would be in Oregon. We would have flown into Oregon, driven into Oregon, done whatever we had to do to get there, and we would be standing in the gap for this family saying, no, you won't, government. Amass whatever army you want to amass. We'll gain more and more. People say, well, you, you know, militias. The, 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 the press today was describing the militia. You know, they're predominantly white people and disenfranchised, and they're former service people that still have their military gear, and they like to wear their military gear, and so they're out there. And you know what? Even the Hammonds don't want them there. What do you think the Hammonds are going to say? They're going to jail, and they're afraid of what's going to happen to their family. doesn't mean that they're, they're anti uh Bundy family and and this 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 militia they're not going against their wishes they're just simply saying look we got a thing we got to do we got a thing we got to do we got to go to jail good luck you know but we got to go we out and, and that's the thing Mark I, I honestly when I first heard you I, I can't remember how long ago it was but when I first heard you speak I was blown away because I said wait the difference between power. Right? What's the other one you say? I love how you say it. The difference between power and control. The difference between power and control, folks, is the deal. We spend in, in Center for Self Governance, uh, level one, a lot of times people will say, Well, we didn't get all the way through the book. You know, the the book completer people. We didn't get all the way through the book. But then we start level two and we talk about the difference between power and control. And you give more examples of that so that people understand because sometimes they forget. Here's the crazy thing about it, folks. If you don't understand what the government is doing to you, it doesn't matter who becomes president in 2016. Now, let me just say this. Let me just say this. I would love for it to be Ted Cruz. You all know that I'm... I'm, you know, I've studied him, and I feel extremely comfortable with him. But honestly, any of this crowd is better than anything the left is going to be running. And the fact of the matter is, if they win, we are so seriously, seriously screwed. And I mean in a serious way. I don't mean just, well, Obamacare is going to continue. Listen, I, I was in a medical facility today uh, receiving uh, medical testing, and every person in there was like, ugh, Obamacare. Ugh. You know, their, all of their costs for their own insurance has gone up. And they work in the medical industry. I'm not saying that it's just going to be oh, Obamacare is going to stay here. I'm, go- I'm telling you the president is, is by executive order going to try to disarm you. And I've been saying this for a long time. Uh, we won't probably get to it today, but maybe next week's show I'll explain to you I will explain to you, God bless you, uh, Mark, uh, you, you've gotten a, a, a shout-out from the Right Side News. 
great show and catch the rest off of archive. They have to they have to go do a commitment there at 5:30. But you know, shout out to you. And we'll see if we can't uh, get them to uh, talk about Center for Self Governance and maybe you know get you get you so busy you won't even have time to eat. I'll have to follow you around with a sandwich and say, eat, take a bite. But you know, and I'll do it. I will do it. You know I will because you know I know how to yeah. eat. You don't get to be 250 pounds not knowing how to eat. So here's the deal. Here's the deal, America. I'm, I'm talking directly to you, and I know Mark uh, has a passion the likes of which I've never seen. I thought I was a passionate guy until I, until I met Mark. Listen, folks, you need to understand, if we are... If if we really think that we are free, folks, if we really think we're free, you're living an illusion. And honestly, it'll take more than a 2016 Republican win cuz let's 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 be real here. Let's be real here. We gain nothing by gaining control uh a majority. I've I said this a couple weeks ago or a week ago. We now have a majority in Congress. But a majority of what? Until the citizens become mutually pledged to keep the republic, we are seriously at the brink. I believe that. I absolutely believe that. And there are powers at force here. And, Mark, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to indulge your knowledge of the Ferguson situation, but I know you've been there. Folks, yeah. if you understood what really went on in Ferguson, it ain't at all what you think. Oh, it is no. not at all what the press represented. I, are you able to talk about any of that, or, or you know, do you have any interest sure. in that? Sure. Lay, lay it on. Is, um, yeah. So, um, of course, you know, we've we've been training in in, in St. Louis now for a couple of years, um, and then August of uh, 2013, I think it was. Um, no, 2014 is when you had the uh, Ferguson. Mike Brown shooting, and um, we actually came back in September, October, November. I met uh, one of the um, uh, one of the people who owns a store at the uh, at the epicenter of the riots, and um, she took us around and took took me to where Michael Brown was shot, and I saw the damage that was done around the, the town of Ferguson. It's quite extensive. It, a lot like uh, uh, like Iraq, uh, Sean, in terms of destruction, um, and the the results were we ended up ha- hosting a class in her store, um, and we have been in the process of of um, uh, building a, a Keep the Republic team in Ferguson now for for about just under a year, and um, of course you had the the when when Daryl Wilson was uh, found not guilty, I guess, or there were, there were no charges brought, I can't remember exactly, but there were riots, and her store got destroyed again. And then on the anniversary of August of this past year, 2015, uh, they had the riots, and her store was destroyed again. Um, I, I happened to be in town, and um, it was the strangest thing. I had two days free. And um, so I came back that day, and um, thanks to our Center for Self-Governance students, we, we were able to raise about $8,000 for her, start rebuilding her store, uh, or even consider um, uh, getting into a new line of business or something. But anyway, left that to her. Um, we helped her clean up, 
And that night, uh, the rumors were the rioters were coming back, and there was nobody uh, uh, who, who was going to protect her store. I mean, here's this single black mother. Um, she's $175,000 uh, in revenue loss uh, since August of 2014, uh, $75,000 in uh, real and personal property loss. So you, you put all that together, that's quite a chunk of change of loss. Um, uh, and, uh, excuse me, $75,000 in revenue loss, $70,000 in real and personal property loss. So I apologize for that, that mistake. Um, the Who was going to stay and protect her store? I mean, I thought all, isn't it Black Lives Matter, right? But here's this single black mother, and, and here are these young black uh, uh, individuals from Ferguson going around destroying the stores, uh, and they 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 targeted her store uh, and the store next door, and, and 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 broke the windows and all these things. Anyway, and so um, five individuals, uh, five white males, uh, decided to go to her store uh, and protect it that evening, and um, uh, I I got I was given kind of the honor, I guess, of being able to, to join them. And my goal was to film the riots. Um, I ended up filming the riots from inside of her store and um, astounding, uh, astounding. Um, so the media covers Black Lives Matter, uh, but they don't cover the black life whose life is being destroyed by the so-called Black Lives Matter movement. Well, I made a huge discovery um, um, while there for those riots and filming them from inside the store, I discovered that there were seven white people uh, um, I'm just hesitating because I need to be careful what, no, no, what you, I divorce you be here. as careful as you need to be that's no problem I don't want you to get yourself jammed up or get anybody else jammed up um, so <clears throat> I'll just say that Seattle, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. were involved. And these individuals were representatives of those three cities and particular entities that I cannot name on, on the air. Those entities were coordinating the riots. And I'll explain to you what they were doing. They were bringing the young black youth from Ferguson to their vehicle where they were providing them with instruction and material support. And then they would, they would send them off toward the police, the county police and the Ferguson police, to interact with them according to those instructions. Um, some of the material resources were what were called white Clorox bombs. Uh, this is where you, you use Clorox and water and other things, and then you throw it, and when it hits, of course, the Clorox is irritating, but it makes the sound like a shotgun when it explodes. Anyway, these seven white people from Seattle, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. were giving instruction and material resources to conduct and fumigate this riot. And my realization was this, as I was listening to their conversations um, and filming this, because this is filmed, <laughs> um, was that they were, their objective was to use Michael Brown as a tool 
in order to instigate the riot, primarily related to county and city governments. And this is a uh, this is another matter. I'd encourage you to take our training program so you can you can see this for yourself. Um, St. Louis City and the St. Louis County are two separate pieces of government. They're not joined together by geography whatsoever, but there's a concerted effort to combine St. Louis City County and St. Louis County. Now, St. Louis County has 92 municipal corporations in it. One of those is Ferguson. Um, this is this is probably a little too complicated, Sean, to go through on the air, but the bottom line is this. This was an orchestrated... This, this riot was coordinated not by black people about a black death. It was a group of white people using Michael Brown's death as a tool in order to instigate the black people's emotions to fight against their local government. Now, if you go back to the Hammond Ranch and you start reading the language of the sheriff there, you'll notice that he's speaking the language of the federal government. Um, I just would like to tie this back to the regional factors and national planning thing I was telling you guys from the 1930s. Um, public personnel at the local level in the 21st century are starting to speak the language of the federal government more clearly. It's dangerous for you if you want to keep your republic. You, you, there's a purpose for conflict verbally between jurisdictions. Uh, the sheriff in the Hammond case right now, Sean, is basically distancing himself from the militia, which I, which I totally understand. But in terms of his job under Oregon state law, it's conservator of peace. But his language is actually opening the door for the federal government, like in the John Brown case in Harper's Ferry, to come in to use force. Now, I'm seeing on other news sites right now that the FBI is calling for a peaceful conclusion. Um, of course, they have uh, the ATF and other agencies have a bad habit, like with Waco and Ruby Ridge and those types of things, people will recall. Um, fortunately for the Bundys in 2014, nobody died. Uh, in this case, uh, it's, it's a much more unique scenario. Um, they don't have public uh, access. There isn't interstates where people are driving by like it was in the Bundy case. This is a very remote area. Um, if, if federal government entities do um, activate, be very, it'll be very complicated for the for this militia group. So the sheriff has a responsibility under Oregon law regarding conserv conservation of peace. Um, so th these are these are very important matters for us to learn in our time frame. Things are uh, the, the average American has an intuition that says, "Hey, something's not right." Um, I would I would say from my perspective, traveling the country and teaching citizens about their government, yes, you are right. Um, something some things you can do. Uh, number one. Uh, I would con I would encourage you to consider uh, coming to our website, centerforselfgovernance.com, looking at our training program. This is not this is not lobbying training. This isn't how to get elected. This is how to keep a republic um, without having to seize federal property. Um, of course, that is always Plan Z, something that um, you shouldn't long for. Um, Ferguson is is a is the completely the same exact kind of principle you had governed uh, occupying federal property on the interstate in, in, in St. Louis. But I don't hear, you didn't hear anything about that other than that they were justified for stopping traffic. Um, they occupied um, the uh, government buildings in Clayton, uh, Missouri during the Ferguson 
they, they tried to occupy the police headquarters and other things. Um, but, but I can tell you from two standpoints, um, <laughs> there's a group of people who are using issues like gay marriage, the Black uh, Lives Matter uh, issue, and other issues like the immigrants and the refugees um, to divide the American people. Um, I've, I've seen it firsthand in Ferguson with my own eyes and my own video camera in the store of one of a, of a young black woman who is trying to live the American dream, no different than the Hammonds in Oregon. Um, and both are suffering. Um, the young lady I'm referring to is still trying to um, regroup from the black lives destruction of her town. Um, I'm sorry, the Black Lives Matter effort to destroy her town. Um, the Hammonds are also suffering because of the absurdity with regards to the use of policy that was created by governors and government at the federal level. And uh, I'm seeing the same thing take place uh, using other issues, Sean, uh, like, like the immigration issue in California with the motor voter ID, uh, with the Black Lives Matter uh, issue in Baltimore and in Ferguson, uh, the gay marriage issue in Kentucky. I think these issues are just going to continue to abound unless your listeners and more Americans uh, make the choice. Number one, you have to admit you don't know your system of government. Number two, uh, there is a training program that will teach you how it works and how to keep it. Um, that's our only objective, Sean, and uh, really appreciate your time uh, and give, giving me the time today, brother. Uh, been a, it's been an honor to hang out with you. Oh man, it's it's my pleasure, and uh, and certainly I look forward to um, getting together with you soon. I don't know if you're coming out. Is it? I guess it's January. You're so many places. I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> you know, if you have any idea where you are, you just take the piece of paper, like pin it to your lapel, and you go to the airport, and they just send you wherever it says. But um, I think it's I think <laughs> it's, it's like, January like or. I feel like the guy on Mission Impossible says, and, and you crack open the thing, it says, okay, this is where you're going. <laughs> yeah, he'll self-destruct in five seconds. Well, yeah. uh, I know you're coming out here in 2016, the first part of 2016, and I am, uh, you know, I'm eager to see you again. And, and certainly, folks, if you're in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey area, uh, and you, and you want to come get a taste of what this is about, I, I'm I'm telling you right now, folks. This is the secret sauce. I say it all the time, but every person I send, every listener to the show that comes, every person that comes to hear me speak and I talk about this and they go, they all say the same thing. It is the secret sauce. There's so many things going on right now. You have to understand what's going on truly and what your power and the control really is. And you're going to see demonstrations during class that will blow your mind. Honest to goodness, you you just you won't believe it when you see it, uh, and that's going to open up so many things. But Mark, I know I know in March you're going to be a very busy guy with a very special event, and I'm excited about that. And I know the folks that know you are also very excited about that. But the fact of the matter is, I know you have limited time, and you've given us more time than than we even thought we would get from you. So I want you to know that that I appreciate it. I know that the audience appreciates it, and. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate what what the the definition that you bring, the meaning and intensity and passion that you bring to being truly mutually pledged to keep the republic. And myself and my audience, we thank you. 
You too, brother. Keep up, keep up the fight. We've got a great republic. It's the most fantastically designed system of government ever created and used in world history. It's just a matter of the governed learning it and then learning how to share and maintain control of it, brother. I, I'll see you in January. And um, to your listeners, whatever you do, uh, keep your republic. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thank you for joining us, man. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Happy New Year. All right. To you as well. Well, there you have it, folks. You have it from the guy. And listen, my good friend Michelle, uh, she uh, Michelle Perkins at the uh, Center for Self-Governance, she is an absolute rock star, even with a broken leg. Um, I don't know the story behind it, but I think if she should make up a bit better story than I think what happened. If it's not like a really cool story, there should be. She should just do something. But we'll work with her on that. Uh, but I'm telling you, she does more with a broken leg than most folks do with with two fully functioning legs. But if you go to tncsg.org, tn as in Tennessee, csg.org, you click in your state. You go to classes, register classes. You know, you click in your state. It is a drop-down that will come up. You put your state in. It will tell you if there's a class in your state. Now, they don't pay me to do this. They don't buy ad time. I'm telling you, this is the secret sauce. Stuff like this happening, uh, if you don't really know what's going on, and I'm going to give you in the remaining minutes, I'll give you what CNN is putting out about it. I will. I I will give you what CNN is. Well, I'll do it right now. Why not? Uh, we'll skip any commercials. Armed group takes over Oregon Wildlife Refuge building. That's the headline for CNN. So you get that, right? It's armed, so guns. Guns bad. Guns bad. First of all, they take it over, this Oregon Wildlife Refuge building. Armed anti-government. This is the first line after the headline. Armed anti-government. My super-duper top researcher in the world gave me this today, this little gift, and I just can't imagine. Armed anti-government protesters have taken over a building in a federal wildlife refuge in Oregon, accusing officials of unfairly punishing ranchers who refuse to sell their land. Okay, and then immediately after that, the very next paragraph is one of them, one of them, them, you know them, uh, you know, when they say them, they mean white, Bible-clinging, gun-toting, angry, anti-government white person, right? Who doesn't want you to have your rights to an abortion, birth control, and free education. The 40-year-old son, Ammon Bundy, one of them is Ammon Bundy, the 40-year-old son of Nevada rancher Cliven Bundy, who is well-known for anti-government action. This is literally the second paragraph. You understand this, right? You're with me on this? Literally, the second paragraph is this. One of them is Ammon Bundy, the 40-year-old son of Nevada rancher Cliven Bundy, who is a well-known for an anti-government action. He spoke by phone to CNN on Sunday, asked several times, here you go, he asked, asked several times what he and those with him want. He answered in vague terms, saying that they want the federal government to restore the people's constitutional rights. Hmm, that's really vague. Wow, Constitution, that's super vague. Super vague, because we know the Second Amendment, that's super vague. Not war items. We don't want war guns. You know, they never said war guns, you know, battle guns. 
you know, they just hunters and stuff like that. You know, that's what the Second Amendment was. And, and no, not for these bazookas that people run around with. You know what they fought wars with when the Second Amendment was written. Yeah, you're right. That was hunting weapon, war weapon, sport weapon. It was the weapon. It was it. So, and then bold, and there's a link to it. Opinion, colon, face it, comma, Oregon building takeover is terrorism. You you heard Mark talking about how they've been... They've been uh, labeled as terrorists, legally labeled as terrorists. Look, we won't allow uh, the the Muslims shouting Alu Akbar and advertising jihad Muslims to be called terrorists in San Bernardino. But we're going to call these people terrorists. Oh, yep, 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 yep. They're terrorists. It's official. It's official. Yeah, a cannon. Thank you, Cal Living. Uh, 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 CA Living. Uh, a cannon here or there. Yeah. Yep, yep. You're right. You're right. Uh, I don't see a lot of people walking around with cannons, and I didn't see it then, but could be. Hey, let's restrict it. I'd love to have a cannon. So so let me say this again. This, this refuge, it has been destructive to the people of the county and to the people of the area, he said. People need to be aware that we've become a system where government is actually claiming and using and defending people's rights, and they are doing that against the people. Armed protesters rally to support Oregon Rancher. That was at about 2.05 today. The group is occupying part of the Maller National Wildlife Refuge near Burns after gathering outside for a demonstration supporting Dwight and Stephen Hammond, father and son ranchers who were convicted of arson. Now, isn't that funny? They're convicted of arson. We can get that. We'll put that right out there. They were convicted of arson. Prosecutors said that Hammond set a fire that burnt about 130 acres in 2001 to cover up poaching. They were sentenced to five years in prison. First of all, let me be clear with you. Let me just lay this out. Let me lay this out. The bovine feces that's being slung in this CNN article here is sickening. They set fire that burned about 130 years. They were backfire. They were setting backfires because of a lightning fire that was burning thousands of acres. They were doing the right thing, the same thing the government usually does, but they weren't doing it in their case because they wanted them to be burnt out. They set the backfires on their own property. And they said they did it to cover up poaching. And they put, uh, air quotes, witnesses, which nobody in this region even knew who these people were. Yeah, we saw deer limping and... Uh, they were shooting deer, like 30 deer, a whole herd of deer. They just shot them up, and we weren't allowed to do that. And then they set that fire to prevent them from being caught. They were covering up the the uh, the, the evidence. They were burning up the evidence is what they were doing. The Hammonds, this is back to this bovine feces article. The Hammonds, who are set to turn themselves in Monday afternoon, have said they set fire. I'm sorry, have said they set fire to reduce the growth of invasive plants and to protect their property from wildfires, CNN affiliate KTVZ reported. That's not what they said. They were very clear. They notified the government, hey, our house is going to be burnt. Our grazing land, our winter grazing land is going to be ruined. It's, it's imminent. We've got to set backfires. They did it. Their house wasn't burned. The winter grazing land wasn't burned, just as I told you in the summary. 
The Hammonds have been clear that they don't want help from the Bundy Group. This is the next line. The Hammonds have been clear. Now, they're arsonists. Can we really trust them? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I didn't properly describe them. They are white, Bible-clinging rancher. You know they're dumb. All they know how to do is grow food that keeps people alive. That's all they know how to do. They're just dumb. Dumb white people clinging to their Bibles and their guns. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I, I had that description wrong. They're dumb, uneducated, Bible-clinging, gun-clinging, anti-government white people. And they're saying the Hammonds, they don't want any help from the Bundy Group. Uh, this is Now, this is what Harney County Sheriff David Ward said. And Hammonds attorney W. Allen Schroeder, he wrote to, uh, this is the Hammonds attorney, this is the guy that's the attorney for the Hammonds, wrote to Harney County Sheriff. Now, this is heavily edited. Neither Ammon Bundy nor anyone within his group or organization speak for the Hammond family. Now, that's, this is it. This was taken from a full letter. You know lawyers don't write letters that are one statement like that. They don't do it. Heavily, heavily edited. You know, like NBC does, like CBS does with the president's uh, military record. They just, they just make stuff up. So this is what they did there. And so Harney County Sheriff David Ward, in speaking to the press and CNN, says, you know, uh, you know, and David Ward is in the pocket. You understand? You might be sitting there thinking, well, what's this got to do with me? It's got everything to do with you. CNN law enforcement analyst Art Roderick, a retired U.S. Marshal who investigated anti-government militias for years, warned that Bundy's call for supporters to join him might turn into, I quote, turn into a bad situation. There's another quote. What's going to happen, hopefully, is we don't go out there with a big force because that's what they're looking for. He said, the last thing we need is some type of confrontation. He said that over the years, law enforcement has learned how to handle a situation like this, one that hasn't erupted in violence and in which a law may be broken, but there's no immediate threat to anyone's life. The best approach now, Roderick said, is to wait the group out and figure out how to bring a peaceful end to the situation. I don't get this why liberals are all the time canceling school for stuff, but the protest has prompted Harney County School District Number 3 to call off classes for the entire week, Superintendent Dr. Marilyn L. McBride said. Schools will reopen on January 11th, she said. Ensuring staff and student safety is our greatest concern. You know where the school isn't? It's not on the, the preserve. It's not on the... the, the, the uh, the refuge. It's not there. It's it's it you I don't care what gun you have, it's not gonna reach there where the schools are. There's no school near there in that district, number three. But they called off classes. The poor kids they're being the kids are being they're 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 in danger. What we want to ensure staff and student safety. That's our greatest concern. It's for the children and the teachers, you know, because they're the best. So what what do the what do the people say that are there? We are not terrorists. After the march Saturday, the armed protesters broke into the refuge's unoccupied building and refused to leave. Well, they didn't break in the places. If you see it, it's you don't have to break in there. Officials have said there are no government employees in the building. Why? Because it's abandoned. Thank you. You're welcome. We will be here as long as it takes, Bundy said. We have no intentions of using force upon anyone, but if force is used against us, we would defend ourselves. Ammon Bundy said 
that the group in Oregon was armed, but that he would not describe it as a militia. He declined to say how many people were with him, telling CNN on Sunday that giving that information might jeopardize operational security. The elder Bundy drew national attention last year after staging a standoff with federal authorities over a Bureau of Land Management dispute. It wasn't a dispute, folks. We talked about it exclusively on this show. It wasn't a dispute. You just heard Mark Herr explain to you the details there. He was there. It wasn't a dispute. The federal government was breaking the law. They were violating the rights of these ranchers who who have ranched this land since before the Bureau of Land Management ever even existed. We are not terrorists, Ammon Bundy said. We are concerned. We are concerned citizens. And realize we have to act if we want to pass along anything to our children. He wouldn't call his group a militia, but others are. Well, here you go. <laughs> Moniker. Moniker McCannon told KTV, KTVZ, I don't like the militia's methods. I don't like them. They had to rally. Now it's time for them to go home. People are afraid of them. Why? Why are they afraid of them? All right, so here's another headline here in the CNN article. What the protesters want. When asked what it would take for the protesters to leave, Bundy did not offer specifics. He said, and those who are, those with him are prepared to stay put for days or weeks as long as necessary. Listen, let me tell you something, folks. You, you need to understand this. Their own people disagree with what originally happened. The prosecutor said that they saw that witnesses, we don't know who these are, saw the Hammonds illegally slaughter a herd of deer on public land. At least seven deer were shot, with others limping and running from the scene. A teenage relative of the Hammonds testified that Stephen Hammond gave him a box of matches and told him to start a blaze. Talk about your context. The fires destroyed evidence of the deer slaughter and took about 130 acres of public land out of public use for two years. Folks, do you understand this? Do you get this? Do you understand that that this is all part of making you totally and completely impotent? Do you understand that? You had better know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, what the truth is. You had better know what your actual rights are. You had better know what the laws actually are. And you know what? You better know. You better decide. You had better resolve. And you had better stand. Because I'm telling you, folks, this, this is a government that is lying They're, they're flat-out lying, bovine feces being slung. And you know what? It might cost people's lives. And the press, none of them are reporting the truth. Did you hear any of this anywhere but here? No, you didn't. Join us next Sunday. We're going to have an awesome time. Go to uh, theninjapastor.com and listen to some uh, archives. You're going to love it. It's all free of charge. That's what we do here. And donate if you get the chance. Thank you so much. God bless you and God bless America.
Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www.drseangreener.com. In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.